0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com/slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Hi Glory. Hi mom. Um So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, how is my relationship with Papa different? than the relationships you see on the TV shows and cartoons that you watch?
1: Well,
0: it's been a witch cartoon. Well, is it like anything you've ever seen before? Does it remind you of anything?
1: No, not really. Instead of fussing and
0: I'm Nalika Radway and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. Today I am joined by Ray Shum and I want to say I was thinking about like our relationship (laughs) like how we are in relationship with each other and I was thinking the thing that came to mind to me right away is like we're like teammates. I feel like we're on like the same team um and like we're just like playing different positions or the same position sometimes but we're like on team and that team i i think at the end of this conversation people have a better understanding of what that team is i don't have a single word for it i want to say it's like team pleasure feminism liberation um love like so i don't i don't know i don't know the whole the whole what i would call it but that's that's what i would say so rayshun um say hello to the people hi everyone hi (laughs) nalika oh hi darling um so i'd like to start the podcast with one word to describe how you're feeling right now how are you feeling right now
2: i'm warm Mm. warm yeah
0: oh i love it yeah yeah yay um I got to say, I'm feeling pretty safe too. Mm. And like, you know, I don't like I'm feeling really Warm is such a great word. Um, I feel like really similar. Like I'm feeling really safe, like Mm. safe and held and secure in this moment. So I invited you on the podcast today because I wanted to have a really intimate um, conversation and I wanted to have it with someone who was going to be vulnerable with me, like willing to be vulnerable with me around it. And so I thought of you and... The con- you know, I wanna talk about, you know, both of us are women of color who practice non-monogamy. And it's a thing that I'm still defining for myself. I know you're still defining for yourself. And just this idea of like how we are open with our children about our openness. <laughs> you know, like how are we doing not just deciding to be open in how, in our loving relationships, but in the most loving of our relationships the, um, with our children. And so I'm really excited to get into it and talk about it with you. But before we do all of that, tell the people about yourself.
2: Sure, uh, my name is Rasham Mantri. I am a separated, single co-parent. I am a writer. I'm a death doula. Um, I have a lot of former lives. I used to work in computer science. I used to be a lawyer. Um, I do a lot of activism work around public schools. My kids are both in public schools in Brooklyn and, uh, just that kind of thing. And yeah, I live, I live in Brooklyn. I co-parent my children and I'm really excited to have this conversation because I I'm like figuring it out like you said I and I Mm -hmm. and so I appreciate the space to think about make space for like what what are my beliefs and what what am I trying to do in terms of non-monogamy and as it relates to my kids so I appreciate this conversation first
0: of all I did not know that you were death doula and I feel like it's like my next thing. Like it's like the next thing I want to really get into um, in the work that I do. So that's so fascinating to me, Mm. but not surprising. Like, Mm -hmm. of course you are. Um, (sighs) Tell us about your children.
2: My children, I have two daughters. Um, They're very different. One is a... I used to never really be into science, but I can't deny my children and like their relationship to like when they were born. But I have a 12 year old, the older one, uh, very typically sort of Libra energy and balanced. Um, really like, um, yeah, balanced. I would say very comfortable in her body from a very young age. Um, Everything was like proportional when she was born. So I've like just balance wise, I've seen her like mm-hmm. move through the world in her like physical body with this like ease. That's really beautiful to watch. And, um, she brings a lot of that to, to the way she learns too, I think. And then my younger one, um, is eight cancer energy through and through like my making art all the time. Um, she was born with like this really interesting shape, which meant she like couldn't, she was like a really big head and like really skinny body. And mm-hmm. so she couldn't really walk for a long time. And like, so just that thing, like of your, your, so she did a lot of things with her hands because she was like sitting or she wasn't really mobile because she was like just shaped differently. And she's, yeah, she'll, she will sit in one place and like make some, make some art and is and also will let you know how she's feeling and will teach mm-hmm. me to slow down. Like has that mm-hmm. child has taught me to um, listen to her how how to listen in new ways. So mm-hmm. there's so much more I could say about them. But and we're going through I got separated. Me and my, um, their dad got separated not too long ago. So we're navigating this like new sort of space, um, of they're with me and only me. And how do I parent, um, both of them? Like, how do I parent Mm -hmm. both of these two children by myself? Mostly I live with my mom, but you know, Mm -hmm. mostly it's me and then they're gone. So like, whereas before you would kind of have two parents in the home, like I find that I'm trying to like give them both like these different things that they need. But a lot of the times it's just me. How do mm-hmm. I create, you know, cause they're, they're into different things. You know, they don't, kids don't really always want to be just taken together around mm-hmm. and, and you like, but then as a single parent, I'm like, I can't always be cr- like creating different activities for each one of you. Like I just don't have the, the time all the time for that. So mm-hmm. it's like, learning when I have to do separate things with each of them, you know, also just telling them like, I listen, I can't, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. so we're navigating like a new thing. And pandemic. Um, I think we've all learned a lot about each other. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're all changing. We're all growing at the same time. Like we are not, I think the same people we were a few years ago. So that's that's been interesting
0: too. That's wild. Yeah. Or
2: you're more of
0: like who you always have been. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I hope so. so it's yeah. such an intre- I'm I mean it's such an interesting time. Um so what do your children do to make you feel better? Mm. To cheer you up?
2: Um I mean the little one eight the eight year old really just makes me art. they on my wall over here. It's just like half of it is just little Things she gives me, and um, she's so perceptive with like picking up when I need something. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she really gets a lot of joy too from like seeing it affect me and change my mood. So I would say like mm-hmm. art. Um, the older one, she's so. It's interesting, like the older child, and ha- it's it's. I was a o- the eldest daughter as well, and like I I recognize in her some of that wanting to please energy and like being the good daughter energy and with her Mm -hmm. it's like I'm trying to tell her you don't have to be good all the time you can also fall apart just like your sister you can Mm -hmm. like let Mm -hmm. it hang out like I know that so with her like she's so good and perceptive and trying to help me that it's almost like when she does um she, she, when, when I have like honest moments with her, like I did the other day, um, she just comes over, she stops what she's doing and she comes over and sits next to me and like really listens. And that makes me feel really good because it, it makes me, it validates in me that like the thing that they most want is to, is not for me to be perfect, but actually for me to be honest about my mm-hmm, imperfections. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love that. Just that interest mm-hmm. in. All in all of me that she has, yeah. It's so interesting what you're saying about what like
0: that idea of feeling validated by them, just like knowing that what they want is just for you to be 100. Like Mm. just like be your full self with me and like that is it because we gonna get into what it is. <laughs> we're gonna get into the fullness of ourselves that we are we're trying to be with our children. Um so when I was thinking about this conversation about um being open and 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 practicing non monogamy, um I am I've been married for oh my goodness, almost nineteen years now. And so in many ways we've practice what would be traditional like monogamy marriage and so this was like a, a huge shift and change and I was just thinking about as I tell people or as I share it or has this becomes my truth and I put out there this feeling of just like being exposed And um, like, what does it feel like for someone to almost like look under your hood, you know, Mm -hmm. like to like see you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about the recollection and that's what I was like, I want to think about more what what, those early feelings of being exposed. And so I asked you to think of a time, push back as far as possible into your memory of a time that you were exposed. And um, we do recollections really, to remember who we were as children. Many times when we're parenting, we like think of ourselves now. And if we really wanna connect with our children, we need to connect with ourselves at those times. And so I asked you to think of a story of a time of feeling or being exposed and it could be on something you chose to do. It could be something someone you did unconsensually. It could be all kinds of things. And so would you please share a story with us?
2: Yeah, sure. Um I had just like jotted down. It's like a memory I've actually never I don't think you mentioned. I'm
0: going to pause for a second. I don't think you mentioned in all of like who you are, but yeah. you are an amazing writer. Oh, thank and you. And so <laughs> when you said jot something down, I already know. So like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's,
2: let, um, let's just let's to go. remember. Let's um no, I remember. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, I've, I've never forgotten this because it, mm-hmm. it's less about me being exposed, but me, my parents being exposed. I was about nine mm-hmm. or 10. I was born in Queens, um, in Forest Hills, but we had recently moved to central New Jersey. And, um, so I remember it was in New Jersey. So I must have been around nine or 10. And it was one of the only times it was early in the morning before school or something. And it was, I saw them in an embrace like my dad kissing my mom or and um it's one of i can't remember any other time in my entire life where i had seen that like seeing my parents being sexual with each other and mm-hmm. inti- physically intimate like getting turned on by each other so it's it stands out in my mind and also the feelings i had in that moment stand out I, my parents are from india they um immigrated here um, after they got married, so the just the culture, I think it it this memory just says a lot about my the way I was raised <laughs> around sex being this thing that you just don't talk about, you don't really see. And um, I remember immediately knowing in the moment that I should not I should not be seen this is not to be seen that I should <laughs> should remain hidden they should not know that I'm seeing them like I, I I had a knowledge like that they would not have wanted me to see this probably because I had never seen it before and they probably I think the time it was super early in the morning so I think they didn't think I was awake Um so yeah I mean I think thinking about this memory in in the context of like what we're Discussing here is interesting for me because I think Mm -hmm. it, it makes it, um, a lot of what I struggle with in intimacy and in sexual dynamics, I think can be, um, traced to what, what my work is, what I'm undoing, what I'm, what Mm -hmm. I'm kind of uh, in a lot of ways doing for the very first time, like in my lineage, like talking Mm -hmm. to you openly about being non-monogamous like mm-hmm. is this just the mere fact of this you know for for all of for just like all of the known femmes in my lineage and family it's a it's a thing it's like i i have well, you do it so
0: effortlessly like i gotta say it's like i'm so i feel so comfortable talking to you yeah. about it so it's really interesting
2: it's sort of you know the thing is Like it's I think like with Separation like you, It's sort of like once you've ripped the bandaid Off of like one thing mm-hmm. you, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're related to mm-hmm.
0: You're just like
2: oh yes I do it's Oh all, yes I do Like it's all hanging out anyway So <laughs> I'm like writing every day Everyone yes, knows yes. my shit You kind of like You're kind of like yes. you know what If I'm gonna do this like we might as well And uh I don't know like there <laughs> there might be there might be family members um hi oh. hi y'all if you're you know like listening and yes. what can yes. I do like that's a part yes. of the death that's where the death work comes into because I yes. in caring for like my dad who died and my grandmother in like 2019 you know um you just also realize like we're all gonna die and like right. how do you Do do I want to spend my life like... How do you live? Hiding. So I think that's Mm -hmm. like being connected to death work is really what allows me to do everything else. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everything you just said. Everything you Mm. just said. I feel I'm feeling everything you just said. Um, I thought about the recollection for myself also. And it was interesting because I couldn't I was having a hard time thinking about a time of being exposed but I did but when I thought about it differently than like like this idea of choosing to share something about myself that I was keeping secret um something that came to my mind right away which was so interesting is um I grew up also in New York City in the Bronx not Queens we grew up in I grew up in the Bronx and um part of I'm first generation Jamaican Caribbean culture and something that was true for us is no one came in your house like when you're growing up, like no one, like your friends, like just random people, don't come into your mm. house. Like you get family members would come to your house, mm-hmm. but like you're like people wouldn't just sh- come to you. You wouldn't just invite somebody over to your house. Mm. And I remember in high school, I um I don't even know what we would call it this time, but like I kind of liked this boy, and he kind of liked me, and we were kind of like friends and all these things. And I remember I asked my mother if he could come over our house and it was like, I'm sure it was like an influence of like growing up with 80 sitcoms or something. And I was like, (laughs) wait a minute. When I watch TV, people, you know, you, you invite your friends over to your house. And so I remember I asked my mom and I was like, can he come over to our our house? And she was like, she said, yes. Mm. And he came over to our house. I remember, like, he was, like, probably the first, definitely the first boy I'd ever seen come into our house. Mm. Um, We were, you know, grew up my mother, single mom, three daughters. Like, I don't even, I was just like, what is this? It was just, like, such a thing. And he came, and he sat in the living room, and we talked, and, you know, he talked to my little sister, and, like, it was just, like, he was there for about an hour, or whatever it could be. And then... He laughed, you know, and it was this idea of um, there was like exposure on both sides of my family seeing my dynamic with this person that was important to me at the time, and then also like someone coming. I, you know, I always always felt like my family was like such a warm place, and I always want people to like have the experience of being in that warm place. I think that's still true for me now, not as much, but like there's something special about us um and so and i was thinking about that idea of like choosing to share something like choosing and making it and what gets you to that point of saying like i want to like put this out there in the world i want like i'm this is part of who i am this is part of that something that is important to me and i want to share it with someone or people who don't know that and so I guess I want to start with. (laughs) I want to start with, um, like, how did you decide or get to an understanding of of like that this is part of who you are, practicing non monogamy? Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think where I am in life. um, I met my the father of my children in two thousand five, and we separated December of two thousand eighteen. So for all that time, I was married and having kids and raising kids. And there was a bit of time where we were non-monogamous in that marriage. But I would say it was very different than how um it was probably more of a reacting to what was happening in the marriage than like, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually mm-hmm. an identity that I want to inhabit. So mm-hmm. I think when I we separated um a bunch of people died (laughs) and then I actually met um this person uh my my partner long distance you know lover Mm -hmm. friend person and uh it was amazing it was great and it, it we just happened to meet very soon like not that long I would say like seven months after me and my ex separated and just because of the nature of who that person is and who I was, we, like, um built an intimacy very quick. But I think I knew all throughout, even though everything was really great with this person, that I cannot be... I have been in, <laughs> like, just typical hetero mm-hmm. arrangement with a man for so long. And if I am here to... Like, I really need to see who... Like, what am I, Racham, about? Like, what do I like? Mm-hmm. What do, what do I, what feels good? Like, mm-hmm. se- sexually mm-hmm. intimacy, like, intimate wise. Um, I want to explore my queerness. Um, like, all these things, like, re- like, don't really, I can't be monogamous and do them. Um, but I also mm-hmm. found a person who believes the same exact thing that for, mm-hmm, for their mm-hmm. work, for their liberation and their everything that uh, non monogamy is like pretty important. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are like figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's it. Uh, I think once once you get separated, once I did, I realized like how um, a like how much I enjoy being with myself, like mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. I enjoy solitude, and also how difficult loneliness is and like both of those Mm -hmm. things make me realize that like the that I need to be like there's so much that I that I can only do by myself that the energy of a full-on relationship especially for me like hetero dynamics it it actually because of all this stuff i've experienced like with patriarchy with men it takes up a lot of space like the 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 arrangement of relationship you know with a man and Mm -hmm. uh so i'm navigating that space you know and i think um non-monogamy just like reduces the pressure Mm -hmm. it reduces the pressure on any you know especially with men i would say for that, uh, it it there, yeah. That I don't know how, and I need I for said, me, I, yeah. For me, I need that pressure to be reduced because I mm-hmm. there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of shit. I need to work out with men. Like <laughs> I love men. I really resent men. Yes, like, yes, I, it yes, is hard. Yes, like to be attracted yes. to men, but also yes. feel very much like aware of the. You know how what how patriarchy has like played out in your own life in the lives of other yeah. femmes that you like care about deeply so it's it's a challenging thing i would say and mm-hmm. um i've been on uh yeah so that's that's what i'll say about yeah, that it, it's it's sort of like it's related to um my ancestral work that i'm doing i'm I'm interviewing my mom and i'm learning more about the women of my family and and just like you know great great grandmother you know, had starting at age 15, had 10 babies and then, you know, died at age 50. Like these are the stories of like the women yeah. in my family. Yeah. So like also I feel like it's like, I don't know, something like me being non-monogamous, me really doing this like fully is is like um for not just me do you know what I mean? It's for, yes. <laughs> it's for my, my ancestors. And I don't even know if they, mm-hmm. they are like care or like want this, but, <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for all of us. Um, so I don't know. It's just like oh. pleasure, like just centering pleasure. Like I have never really done that until recently. So non-monogamy is also about centering pleasure for myself um and i'm not like really that great at it but it non monogamy like allows me the opportunity to do that so yeah that's that's like some of it so i want
0: to say yes to everything you just said <laughs> like around how it feels like i don't know making this choice feels so much bigger than me mm-hmm. it feels like um i will you know i there's a lot of like details, you know, there's a lot of things that are why, you know, things that happened in my life, things that happened in my marriage, things that have like, that have brought me here. But the largest one, like the thing that seems like to be the loudest is as you start walking down this path towards liberation and thinking about oppression and wanting to be liberated and thinking about liberating other people is almost like this natural progression into redefining all ways in which you want to be in the world. And so, I would say, you know, I use the term non-monogamy because it's the most similar, you know, to what I am in or doing now. Um, but openness feels the most accurate. It's almost like Queerness, you know, like this larger term umbrella, like that I get to define for myself. Yeah. That actually looks very different on me. Looks very different in my relationship. Looks like, like I, it, it, there's there's um there's might be similarities between what I do and how I do it and whatever, but there's no there there should be no assumption about what that looks like and means for me, for my partner, for my family based on like that term. And so, um, yeah, to me, it just feels like. Everything's on the table, <laughs> you know like so everything's on the table, and I get to decide what it is I want to partake in and when and how makes sense for me um and in my loving relationships, which includes my partner and also my children <laughs> um mm-hmm. so the the why of it to me seems really like it's because it feels the most. Liberated, And also this understanding of how safe I have to feel, I had to get to, like the sense of safety. So there's there's both extremes of what you're saying. Like, it's kind of like things have happened that are just make you feel like, fuck it. Mm. You know, it's just like all these things. Happen. But then there's this other thing of like, I feel so incredibly safe in my life, in my family, mm. in my partnership, that I can like try things, you know, step into the unknown and then like decide for myself, about what I want and change my mind. I get to change my mind all the time, which is like also Mm -hmm. feels like such a privilege and so new around like, I like this last week and actually this week I don't like that anymore. And I get to do that. And I think just one other thing around um, being femmes and and practicing non-monogamy, we've talked extensively like the unique challenges that I think we face as women of color trying to do this, mm. because all of the shit is in it too. You know, mm. like people who are practicing non monogamy, people who are in the kink world, people who are the misogyny is in there, the 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 homophobia is all of that shit is living and 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 festering, and the apps, all of it is just like another place to act out the same oppressions, and so where you're, you're, it doesn't put us at any more advantage or like there's just, it, the shit is, we're still in shits, but <laughs> there's a way that I'm, I feel like um, I'm getting to choose things in ways that I, and just what makes sense for me now. So that feels really good. And I think in, in doing so and who and how I am and, and, and how I live my life and how I parent my children, how I want to be in community with ch- my children. When we decided to do this, one of the first things that came to my mind is like, okay how are we gonna explain this to the kids Mm. because um they have been like ingesting all of the social norms Mm. and you know there's even if it's like i know our parents are different or we do things differently this is like a a big difference this is like (laughs) this is like A very, very big difference. And so I guess my first question, like, uh, well, one of my my questions for you is like, what and how have you shared your openness or how you practice non-monogamy with your children?
2: Right. Um, Well, first I want to respond to, I I feel like queerness also feels like the right term for me, like non-monogamy. Queerness feels like the most open term like queering relationships, mm-hmm. queering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm res- just agreeing totally with that. And also to what you said about ha- having, being, feeling safe enough to practice non-monogamy. It, I felt that so deeply just because, um, me having practiced non-monogamy in like two different spheres, like one in this like marriage that was kind of falling apart where it like really nothing good came from that and then Mm -hmm. now in this space where i i do feel safe now you know in my body and my skin like in this like partnership that i have and like Mm -hmm. how different those two are but yeah like i um i'm still working out i think how to share what to share with my children about my being open non-monogamous I think, um, it's still so recent for me. Like we got separated, um, my dad, uh, their dad and I. And then it's been like we've moved and then sort of pandemic started. And like, I, I haven't really been like super dating <laughs> during this mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there just were, there was someone, um, I was kind of, you know, there were, there have been a few people that I've been, uh, on dates with, multiple dates with. And it, I don't really tell my children about them. But the way, I mean, I think they, they have met, um, my partner who lives, um, in California. Um, we've, I've taken them over there, t- taken them, to to visit um him and his kids in California. Um he's come over here and stayed with me. And I think they we talk a lot. We we recently actually had a lot of fun with the word thruple. Like that was a nice mm-hmm. entry point into, into talking about so I think that's where I am with them. Like we talk I like talking a lot about different relationships and whenever there's an opportunity to talk about someone that we see on social media or friends mm-hmm. of theirs who have like two moms and two dads or like different divorce separated, like all these different arrangements, queer. Um, I think I that's where I am right now. I haven't fully and I think maybe their ages have something to do with that. And maybe because there's been so much change for them that I'm like, let me just like, let's just make sure they're good before we like, you know, but I I don't know, that might be me protecting them, to be honest, because mm-hmm. everything, even when I brought up Thrupple, I think <laughs> I was expecting some kind of reaction. But my 12 year old was like, like, yeah, that's like, she didn't even like mm-hmm. Pat and I, it was like, mm-hmm. not even mm-hmm. a thing. So I think it's mm-hmm. like, really, for me, like, to not assume what they they, they're, like you said, like, these kids, mm-hmm. like, they just don't. They're growing up with a different set of cultural norms. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think where I am right now is I, if, if I had, if I had like another, say, local New York City person that was, I was regularly seeing, I would totally, and, and, um, I think I would bring it up to my kids. I'm just not there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they, where I am also with introducing, I was thinking about this, like I, I am the way I am with who I introduce, um, to my kids is less about how serious is this relationship that I have with this person. And, um, is this person, do they like kids? Do they love kids? Like, are, is Mm -hmm. there something, cause I, I'm less concerned, I think cause my kids have met a lot of my friends or people I've worked with. Maybe they've met them one time or two times or, so I, I don't think of People that I might be in intimate relationships really any differently than that. Like if mm-hmm. they are a mm-hmm. person that genuinely likes kids, then yeah, I would think about, intru- you know, introducing you to my kids uh, because I think my kids benefit, as do I, from meeting as many different people Whether it's mm-hmm, for like mm-hmm. One time, two times mm-hmm, Like mm-hmm. over the course of five years Like I think all of the ways That we can expose our kids to um All the, you know, many different types of Artists, creatives Like people, like just is good So I don't mm-hmm. have any um Qualms around that um, Yeah What you're saying
0: makes so much sense to me yeah. And I think that's I think sometimes we've we've compartmentalized so much of who we are mm-hmm. and who we are romantically, who we are sexually is something that, and when I say we, I mean like the like people, mm-hmm. uh, especially mothers. I would say, I, w- I want to speak to like, especially mother is like my sexual self my um my romantic self that is not part of like that's like in its own little box probably in my drawer with my vibrator you know like it's like put away and then like <laughs> i pull it out when i pull it out and then i put it back away yeah and this idea of being integrated mm. and all of who you are is part of what you share with the people in your life especially your children i think for me you know i know very well like i've had um I ran a school for many years and I've had families that were polyamorous and different kind of configurations. So there's always been space to like have the conversation or normalize the difference. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate that my children watch a lot of like really like awesome cartoons and like they think about things Mm -hmm. very queer. Like they have a queer lens on relationships. They've always had that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember like my oldest said, you know, I don't we are having, I don't know, we are just talking about like being parents, if they wanted to be parents, what that meant. And I remember my oldest was like, yeah, I don't, I want to be a father. And then my middle was like, well, actually like I want to have kids, but I don't want to be in relationship with the person I have kids with. Wow. And this is like when they were like wow. 10 and 12. Wow. And I remember like, oh, you're thinking about this very differently already and like just in us having the conversation was like oh yeah there's many ways to do all of these things Uh, parent being romantic relationships so i you know as we decided we knew we were making this choice of like being open in our marriage it was really important to figure out the language to tell our children and it's like they're part of this family so there's no there's no kind of like and i think also for me i do not Any kind of secret shame shit, it is not good for me. Like, Mm. I need to be exposed. You know, we talk about the exposure. Like, actually, that's why I was like, sorry, like, I like to be naked. Like, I need to physically be naked. Mm. I like to be naked. Like, I like to be exposed. And when I'm hiding things or I'm feeling shame about something, I'm feeling, I'm not my best self. Mm. I don't feel like, I don't, and especially in relationship with my children and with my family and with my partner. And so I was like, we just... Like very quickly after we had like started dating people or thinking about dating people, so I just sat with them and I, was, you know, we just kind of were in the kitchen. I was like, "So, I just want you to know, <laughs> like, there are many ways that people practice marriage or be in relationship with us, and my our relationship, our marriage, is not like any of those things. <laughs> like mm-hmm. anything you've seen on television, mm-hmm. everything, anything you might see was, and the reason why is because we're unique people and." We have decided how we want to be in relationship with each other. And if you ever have any questions about what you see us doing, who we're talking to, how we're operating, you can ask us anything. It is Mm -hmm. all on the table. And kind of just like put it out there. And they didn't have any questions right then, I don't think. They were like... And then shortly after, um, Mona was like, So do you... Have you had sex with other people since you've been married? Mm. And we, you know, I was like, yes. You know, mm. some there was times when it happened non-consensually, and now like we practice openness, and so it has happened, like, yes. And then there's no, and then you answer the question and like we move on. Yeah. Then there's like, then they ask another question that will be. Hi, Moxie. Hi. Um do you remember when we were in um we're in I think we we're in Geneva and we were talking about at the at the table and we were talking about pop and I kind of told you guys that about like our marriage is different than any other marriage mm-hmm. and if you have any questions about it you can always ask
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and a little while after that you you started having a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of questions. And one of the questions that you asked was around if we had had sex with other people since we've been married.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what, why, what made you think of that question? Or why were you curious about that?
1: Um, I just wanted to know, because people, you know, the strict rules of marriage say, you're stuck with this person forever. hmm And I wanted to be in love and maybe married, and I don't know if I would want, like, one person for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if that was possible. Mm -hmm. That was a
0: thing people could do. It's definitely a thing people can do. I didn't know that. There's so much I don't
1: know. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like, the things I think are, like, rigid or not.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It is crazy. Are there any other questions you have about our marriage?
1: Well, that you want to ask? I can't think of any right now. How often do you guys have sex, do you think?
0: Um... Pretty often, pretty often, pretty often. Maybe like, I don't know, every other day. Dang. Um, is there anything else? No, that's it. That's it? That's right, it for
1: now. Okay, cool. I've got a lifetime of questions coming at you. I know,
0: <laughs> I have a lifetime of answers for sure. you. I have a lifetime of answers for you. You know, the hardest question that they ask, which gets me caught up but really like the
1: gut check question. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh
0: <laughs> the one that mm. is like like and what's so like i just practice like i always tell my kids the truth there's not there's not a, there's, it's just like i'm just gonna tell the truth yeah whatever the truth is at that yep. moment i'm just gonna say. It. so it really is a freeing because then i don't have to make up a lie or try to downplay something so the hardest thing is like when i'm leaving the house and i'm going out and they'll say like where are you going yeah and i'm going on a date or something i'm gonna see that and they're like where are you going and i for the for a long time like I'm, go- I'm i'm going out like yeah. i'm going out i don't want to I mind your business or i'm yeah. not telling you i'm not sharing so it's like um an omission like i'm not saying I- i'm not lying but i'm also not telling you where i'm going and i had this conversation with my partner and i was just like but i don't ever want them to feel that way with me mm. like i want when they're leaving the house and they're going out and i say where are you going that they feel really comfortable to say i'm going to go meet this dude <laughs> <laughs> like or i met this person online or i heard about the i want because of their safety you know like because yes. we're in community because i don't want them yes. to feel shame about it because, and i was like oh shit so i'm gonna have to do it and so i literally <laughs> you know i knew it was gonna happen because literally every time i leave the house they asked and um i was leaving the house going on a, t- to meet somebody going on a date and they're like where are you going wow and i was like i'm going to meet somebody that i met and they're like who who are you going to meet we know we know everybody you know who is it yeah yeah and i was like you know this is somebody i've met i've just like we talked a little bit whatever and they are like oh well have fun all right let us know like have fun and i left wow and it was you know it was this kind of thing and i come back and i was like oh okay and you know you do something and then after you do it, it's like normalized now. And it's like, yes, I'm dating. They know that. They also know that I'm in a very loving, passionate relationship with their father. Like we are madly in love and they see it and it's real. It's like, I'm not making that shit up. They know it. Mm. And so I think what all of it is allowing for them is just like, it doesn't have to be one way. This is complex. And what's most important is that we are in honest communication and that you know my oldest said like to her dad when i was out one time he came i came home and he told me it's like she was like just mom living her life right now is like it's giving me it's giving me so much it's making me feel so powerful yes. something she says i don't know i mean i'll ask her That's she said something we like, do yeah. this. and i was just like this is why yes. this is the why yes um so i mean i could talk to you about this all day oh my <laughs> I could god talk about this all day um is there anything else that you want to share or want us to know about what it looks like to be parents?
2: I'm curious, how old were your kids when you told them for the, like, when you had that conversation about you and your partner being open? I mean,
0: my, we have, how old are they now? So maybe they were, it, this is all very recent. Yeah. So my youngest is nine. Mm-hmm. 13 and 15. Those are the age of, of my kids now. And I yeah. want to say, I mean, I'm just, I just want to say the younger, the better for all things. Mm. And I think there's a way that because it's scary for us, that there's a way like they're too young. I'm waiting. I don't want to put too much on them. They're experiencing the world. And the thing that I, I, I really want to push is like, we are really trying to push against, we're, we're pushing a counter narrative.
1: Mm. So
0: our children are all being exposed to what is normal, you know, what yeah. has been normalized. And so the reason, like when I approached the conversation, I was just like, I know you have ingested, <laughs> you know, I know that you have been socialized already around what it means to be married. Yeah, that is not you. You know, they have decided what our marriage is based on what they've seen in the world, even outside of us. You know, we're yeah. con- it's like. Constantly pushing back against what is so. I will just say, it's not really a matter of like how old they are. It's more about when is it happening. Yes. Like the same thing yeah. with your separation, right? Yeah. Like you can not you like you know. I know we're getting separated, and they're ten, but I'm gonna wait till they're twelve to tell them <laughs> that we really yeah. are. No, it's happening right now. Grandpa's yeah. dying. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that a secret until you're fifteen. I think you're old enough to handle. No, that shit is happening now, mm. and you, you find the language to speak to your children the same way you speak to them about anything. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah.
2: our kids are growing up during fucking COVID. Like, what are we hiding from them? It makes like, me what? think that so much of this is us. It's like me. Always. My own shit. Always. It's always. not how hard it is for them. That's one thing. It's always just Part of it is also like, what will their friends, parents think? Or, you know, this Mm -hmm. whole thing that I need to, that I'm, I'm getting better. Like that's like every selfie I take, I post, everything I write brings me closer to like literally not caring. You know, that, that's Mm -hmm. why I do this. That's why I'm like putting more shit out there. It's so that I can like live Mm -hmm. more authentically and like do things like this with you. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really feel you on that. Like it's not, it's like those omissions. Like the the like going out and not saying exactly because I did have a moment. I think someone I had had some you know we we hooked up you know not my like person in California but mm-hmm. someone else like we hooked up like s- sent me something like I was DMing or something and I I must have responded with like a smile or something so that my child who's in my car sitting next to oh, me is yes. like. <laughs> It's like what what are you doing? <laughs> and then yeah. Yes, and yes. then I was as honest like who are you talking to? Because she saw my face, you yes, know? Yes. And it's not like a friend. It's not yes. like she knows, you know? Yes. And I didn't I said who this person was. I said everything honest about the how I knew this person without mm. saying that. I had mm-hmm. been intimate with them or, and mm-hmm. so it was like an omission that wasn't mm-hmm. quite, um and I'm thinking about how next time I can like, just say like, just yeah, this is it. someone that, um, you know, I was intimate with, who I like, you mm-hmm. know, sent me a funny thing. Yeah. Because we allow, when we do
0: that. we allow them to do that yes i remember um and i think i may have said this a story in the podcast before i remember my oldest she was we were out somewhere and these boys were flirting with her and she was flirting back and i could see it and she Mm -hmm. had a boyfriend at the time and i remember i was like are you flirting and she was like no and i was like um i think you're Mm -hmm. kind (laughs) of and and i was like she's like yeah but i have a boyfriend i was like so what like you Mm -hmm. can still have feelings for other people like that is that is your truth yeah and it's just this kind of thing around like they that shit right there what you're talking about they see it. they see so it. when i'm getting giddy when i'm happy to go out when mm-hmm. someone sends me a like a flirty text and mm-hmm. i'm like they see my face they know like what's and they're in your phone all the time That's yeah like, this 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 only thing dating now i don't even understand how people are doing this but your phone is like this 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 pathway to like everything and yeah. my kids are on my phone and so I have to be 100 with them because yeah. if they haven't already, they're going to see something right. and it has to jive with who I told them I am. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of like being open and it, and, and, I, and I don't give a fuck what nobody else thinks. <laughs> you know, like they're, right. only, they're yeah. the only, they're really yeah. like the only people that I care yeah. what they think. Yeah. And it's hard. I, I don't want to, it is, it is challenging And it's challenging because of my own shit, not because of what they can handle and hold. They love me unconditionally. Like literally I think they really like, I could do anything, Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's, I wanna use that in a positive way to be my most authentic self. That's such a, that's, I think as parents, that's what we miss, that's the gift. We have people who really honestly love us unconditionally and what we choose to do with that love and how we choose to like embrace it and allow it to let us be more fully who we are. I think that's how we show, pay it forward for mm. sure. For sure. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you. Same. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Same. Um, thank you so much for sharing your stories and your authentic self with us today. Mm hmm. Um, Anything else you wanna share?
2: Oh, you know, I mean, I had two things that while you were talking, I. Go I'm thinking a lot about how, um, as a separated in the process of getting divorced parent, where my kids go back and forth, I tend to do a lot of my dating when the kids are not here, right? Because it's just mm-hmm. like a naturally easier space. And I'm thinking about how that lends itself to having like this two separate worlds and like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. versus your experience mm-hmm. where like, there is no <laughs> like separate so also just thinking about how like yeah I can like go out you know as, if I have childcare or whatever like when my kids are with me and so that they could see that mm-hmm. sometimes and mm-hmm. then also just like I don't know how yeah I mean I think that there's a popular narrative narrative around marriage and like being a parent being a mother certainly but I live in New York City and I know that there are a lot of people doing all kinds of non-monogamy poly you know um sex party like all this freaky shit but like it's that we don't talk about it with our kids right it's done Mm -hmm. so i think Mm -hmm. yeah the the thing that we are doing is saying like centering our pleasure raising kids so that they know that We're centering our pleasure, liberation, our openness, like speaking about that, honestly, is like the truly different thing. I don't think I think that it's happening a lot. You know, I think that a lot of this stuff is happening. But to be really open about it with our children. um as a way to talk about intimacy with our kids, as a way to talk about sex is like really powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Release
0: the shame and just, yeah. release, I mean, if you, whatever, if you can talk to your child about something in the, like a real way and like, cause they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, I mean, we could I want to talk about kink so mm. much. <laughs> I mm. have to have, maybe, maybe you need to come back and we have a conversation about that one. Yeah, Because yeah. there's a way in which it's fantastic how people are growing in their comfort around these conversations and these like have not even the conversation, but trying things and doing things, but the shame that's still associated with it and the way in which it's not the next level of like using that as a a Avenue or vehicle to talk about intimacy, Mm. to talk about your emotions, to talk about like your connection with other people, to talk about your traumas, to talk about like, yeah, I can heal things and I can do things through kink that I can't do mm. and express outside of that. Yes. But when I do it, there's still more to do. <laughs> you know, yes. like there's, there, great, now you can get into it. Now you can integrate. Now, you, and there's like, kibosh. Like I did the, I did the play and then like there's, I, I'm curious. I mean, I'm not an expert at all, but I, I definitely, that's like the next level of, and why I think it is hard to talk to our children and our family about like what we're doing because, that requires that requires like um introspection that requires like looking at it and I don't know how much we're we're able or wedding to really do that work as a collective,
2: yeah, but yeah, yeah. well, I think we I want to have there's like so much more I wanted to ask you I want to talk about <laughs> but like I'm really curious yes. about like American culture around all of this mm-hmm. American shame. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, maybe what you're seeing um, in same. Amsterdam. It's the same. Oh, it's the it's same. It's actually. Damn. It's the same. It's, it's the
0: same and presents different, okay. but it's the same. It's. I mean, that's my. Pre- anyway, we we got so much more we're yeah. gonna talk about. Please, we we'll, we have to talk again. We have. We have to, to, thank to, yeah. you so much for sharing. Yes. Um, and being with us and saying all things and thank you for like allowing us to like know your children a little bit. Mm. What an honor. What an honor. Thank, Thank you for the
2: space, for this conversation. It was really great.
1: Absolutely. Raising Rebels is produced by Queer Media, a family production
0: company specializing in audio and visual art through a black queer lens. This episode was edited by Randy Chapman at Wordy Productions. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pod, or email us at RaisingRebels at QueerMedia.co.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...